0: Listening to Be Will With Be, where I aim to uplift you through encouragement, information, and the Word of God while promoting wellness of the spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Brittany Neesmith, and welcome back to another episode. We are continuing our topic of move. Moving when God speaks, moving in a direction, moving so that your year this year, you will actually accomplish all the things that set out for you to accomplish. Today, we're going to be discussing the letter O. O stands for obstacles. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the people who had to deal with some interesting obstacles is my guy Joshua. So we're going to be talking about Joshua chapters 1 through 6. And before we get to that point, you got to get some context. So you got to understand before Joshua took over... You know, they left Egypt. So, all the Israelites, they were oppressed. Moses comes. God displays his power and glory. Uh, they come up out of Egypt. God drowns their enemies. And then, my people are in the wilderness. Okay? Because they... Oh, no. They just kept doing the most, y'all. We did have, like, three, four books of them being in the wilderness. Like, for real. Um, they... The Israelites just, you know, just, they just did a lot. So, specifically, when it was time for them to go and take over the land that God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're supposed to go take over the land. They sent spies over. By they, I mean Moses. They see that there's giants in the land, but it's also that land has so much. It's amazing. Like, it's that's where they're supposed to live. So, when they come back... Only two of the spies reported the truth, which is, y'all, we can take this thing. Like, you, you see, this is God. God just also just broke up a whole sea for us to come through there. And we just watched what God did to the Egyptians. If that same God is with us. We're going to be able to take this land. But no, we're also dealing with slaves. Okay? People who was just slaves. So the spies was like, y'all, the man is huge. Okay, we're like these little tiny grasshoppers compared to them. No, we're not going to be able to take this land right now. Well, Caleb and Joshua were the two spies who were about their life. And the other spies were not. So because Moses created a democracy pretty much, he was like, okay. And of course, that kind of, you know, pissed God off. Like I gave y'all this and y'all don't even want to go try to get it. All right, then fine. Now, none of you will be able to see the promised land and y'all will die off in the wilderness and your children will be able to go in. And of course they go around. Unfortunately, Moses does something God didn't like, and now he doesn't get to go into the promised land either. Okay. So the end of numbers is when Moses dies. My, the most interesting thing about Moses dying is that it says that Moses Died at 120 years old. And his eyes were not dim. And basically he was still full of vitality. This man was 100 years old. Full of life. We still go, had to go ahead and die. So the rest of the people go into the promised land. Because he knew he wasn't going. But he did get to see it. But he knew he wasn't going in. Alright. After he saw it is when he passed on. To be with the Lord. Now. Now we start with Joshua. And his obstacles. Okay. As you can see, one of the obstacles Joshua already had to deal with was other people's limiting beliefs about what can be done. So he had to deal with that before he was even in charge. And then a very important obstacle that he had to deal with, which is, I'm going to go over, is that he lost his mentor. His mentor died. I'm pretty sure Joshua loved Moses i'm pretty sure it's very important to know that joshua was also the one who stayed with him while he was on the mountain getting the ten commandments and whatever else god was giving to him in the 40 days and 40 nights that Moses had to go up there twice because he broke the tablets when he came down and saw the people was cutting up so he broke the tablets they go back up there and get some more tablets so joshua was with him the whole time 80 days that's joshua So right-hand man now has to do it on his own. So we open up chapter one, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, because when I was going through a very tough time in life, this like, like resounded in my head constantly what God says. So after Moses dies, God tells Joshua to arise and go over to Jordan to possess the land he's given to them. So, And he said, every place that your soul's tread is given to you. No one will be able to stand against you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Right? Now, God also says he gives. God also gives Joshua the best pep talk of a lifetime. He tells him the message above that you know he's gonna be with he's never gonna leave you or forsake you he also tells him to be strong and courageous three times three times the last time being my favorite time he says have i not commanded thee be strong and of a good courage and be not afraid again how i know that it was very important for joshua to get the pep talk he just lost somebody He's mourning the whole nation of uh, Israel's mourning the loss of Moses, their leader. But he can't, he can't stay there. He has to move. This obstacle of grief, you have to be able to get over because now you're in charge. In fact, you're in charge and what you're about to do is something that no one's ever seen before. So what I need you to do is to be strong and have some courage i'm gonna say it two more times if you didn't hear for for the joshua in the back be strong and be courageous be strong and be of good courage he says it to him three times be strong now i know you you and i both know what it looked like over there your people don't but also, the, these children that you're bringing over here now, this generation of people, also didn't see me in Egypt, mollywop the Pharaoh. So, I need you to be strong and of good courage because how you are is how your people are going to respond. So, he does. Then Joshua gets up. He tells his people, hey, tell everybody we're about to leave in three days. We're going to go across to Jordan. Pack your bags. Then he told the tribes... Who have already have their land because the land that was already somewhat split up to a few of the tribes already that Moses gave it to them, right? He's like, so y'all are coming to help us fight. Just like Moses told you. Your people, your women, your children, your stuff is going to be here. But you're going to come over and help your rest of your cousins and them get their land too. They was down for the cause. There was no arguments about it. So then Joshua sent two spies over, over to Jordan to the land. The spies called to Jericho and they hide in the harlot's house named Rahab because she hides them because she knew the God's giving them the land and they also like the the entire like country is afraid of them because Israel's is now coming over everyone's afraid, so everything is locked up so Rahab let them know, hey listen, I will protect you and you know I'm not gonna say nothing, but when y'all come back. Because I know you're coming back, and I know you're going to win. So when y'all come back, can you keep me and my people safe? Like, can we live? My spies was like, yeah, go ahead. You can live. In fact, if you don't say anything, I'll make a point. You just keep this red string hanging from your window. We'll make a point to make sure you don't die. Okay? So they do. They get out. Rahab helps them escape. The spies came back and tell Joshua everything that happened. And they said, the Lord is going to deliver the land into our hands because everyone is afraid of us. So they went to the Jordan and Joshua told them to, to sanctify themselves. So they, he picked up all the people They got up to the Jordan. All right, y'all, sanctify yourselves because the God is going to do miracles before you the next day. Do wonders is the word he uses. Wonders. So they do, which is they basically separated, you know, separated themselves, got themselves situated, prepared themselves for whatever's about to happen. So the priest carried the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan. So as soon as the priest's feet hit the water, the water's pushed back and backed up on itself. So everybody got to walk across dry land again, similar to the Red Sea. Right. But the Ark of the Covenant being a, a physical representation of the glory of God and the presence of God went before them, helped cut that cut the river back. Now did the Lord told Joshua get twelve stone, or twelve men out of each tribe, so one person from each tribe, get twelve men, have them grab a stone from out the water. Then they're gonna make bestly build a memorial for it on the other side. So when people ask, Hey what's up with these stones? Well, God pushed back the river so we all could cross over. So we get into our promised land. Now, as soon as everyone passed by and the Ark of the Covenant left, the river started flowing again. As soon as Joshua and them got over, Joshua had to circumcise all the men. The circumcision represents the covenant between God and his people. So all the men had to get circumcised. They had to heal and they still went and they observed the Passover because they have to observe Passover every year. Mind you, they've been doing it for the last 40 years. Now they're going into their new land. And then the moment they started eating from the land, they stopped getting manna, which is the bread from heaven that came down to fed them daily. After they observed the Passover, Joshua looked up near Jericho and saw the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn. So Joshua said, are you with us or with our adversaries? Like, all right, I see this man over here. He got a sword. Are you with me? Are you with them? I just need to know so I can prepare myself. He said, neither. But I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. I have now come. And Joshua fell down and worshiped. And and asked him, what do you want your servant to do? He said, remove your shoes, for this is holy ground. Right? The next line, now this is, you know, chapters two through five. Right? That's a quick little synopsis. Chapter 6, verse 1. One of my favorite verses. After all this stuff just done happened. It says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Boy, they shut everything down. They shut it down. Okay? Do you understand that? I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to hold all that off. Let me, get to the, let me finish it off. Joshua was told by God okay i've given you jericho the king and everyone in it he also gave joshua the strategy he told joshua you're gonna circle the city for six days one time a day with the ark of the covenant you're gonna have seven priests with seven horns you have all the men of war the soldiers walking around with them and so joshua told them that none of you can speak You say nothing until I tell you to say something. So every day for six days, these men quietly walked around an entire city with a very thick wall. So the wall of Jericho isn't like a little fence. It's like a wall that fortified an entire city that was tall. Okay, so imagine Great Wall of China tall. All right. And it also was wide because people were able to live in it like apartments. So you got to keep in mind, Rahab lived inside the wall. That's how they get out. So this is a giant wall. They're walking around it quietly once a day for six days. Which, you know, I I don't know what you think of when you're walking around a city quietly for six days. I want to know what the people inside of the city is doing and thinking that these people are walking around the city blowing a trumpet. And the men aren't saying anything. They're not doing nothing. Like, they're, like, they're terrorized. Right? They're, they're in sheer terror, clearly. Because that's, that would weird me out. You are walking around the city. Like, you're walking around my house, not saying nothing. But you have weapons. You're just walking around my house, though. Oh, no. right. <laughs> Some will have to stop me. I'm going to pack it up. I'm going to go. Y'all you got to kill me on the way out the door. I am gone. These people fin snatch us up. I got to go. Anyways. So, on the seventh day, they had to march around the city seven times. Right? So, they're marching around the city seven times. But On that seventh time, the trumpets blasted and Joshua told the people to shout. because The Lord has given them the city. And so, they shouted. And the walls of Jericho fell flat. So they were able to go in. So they went in, and they were not supposed to take a thing. Anything that they was taking would be accursed. The only thing they were supposed to take is silver and gold and stuff like that for the Lord's temple. And they're supposed to save Rahab the harlot. I just always do that because that's what they do in the Bible. They call keep calling this girl a harlot at first, then and all her people in her house. Right, so Rahab got all her folks in the house: her brother, her sister, her daddy, her whole daddy's house. They all in there and I squeezed up. Okay, I would have got every human y'all gonna suck it in and y'all finger up in here because these people when they come in here They are killing everybody and they sure did they killed men women children cows goats Ain't nothing that was breathing was left alive in Jericho when the Israelites were done. Okay? When they finished all that And they won battle right Joshua then sealed it all with a curse he said that the person pretty much, he said, if anyone attempts to rebuild Jericho, they're going to rebuild the walls with the life of their firstborn and they'll put up the gate, which is like the finishing touches. Like you build up, you start building the foundation with the life of your, your firstborn child. That firstborn child is going to die. And you're going to build, you're going to put up the gate, the last part of it, your last child going to die. Random fact, it happens. Like if you read further in the Bible, a man does. Like years later, doesn't know that Joshua, hundreds of years later, on, doesn't know Joshua said that. So the curse that Joshua put out there in the earth was still alive, right? The words that was spoken, still alive. The man lost his first child and he lost his last child. Trying to build a dog on Jericho back up. I could never. I don't know where it was written. Either he didn't read his Bible. I'm pretty sure it was written somewhere. going to Somebody knew. Somebody knew about it. Uh, I guess the man wasn't reading his Bible. I don't know. Or the Torah. Or whatever they was reading back right then, the papers. I'm not even going to conclude it there. I wanted, I was going to stop right there, but I feel like it's very important to note the next things that happened right after Jericho. Right after they did all the moving. Right there, they did all the, the obstacles. The next obstacle that happened after a victory is that they went to go fight some more people in Ai. Ai is another country, right? Another city. They go to try to fight them and they lose joshua's like well where the dog go no if, if make it even worse they went and they didn't send everybody because they knew they was going to win they even sent everybody and they got they lost joshua is upset like god how you gonna you get me out here you do all of this you tell me this and what you mean do we lose Like, he fallen down. He, you know, he basically rolled around on the ground. Him, the priest, everybody like, oh, no, we gonna die. You know, like, God, I thought you said, Lord, I thought you said. God's like, get get up. Why are you laying down on this ground? Why, Joshua, why are you, get up from where you're laying your face? Are you kidding me? Like, what's your problem? Like, God, no, you know what happened? One of y'all transgressed against me. You sinned. You did what I told you not to do. like what you talking about? y'all because it's not one one person's sin became a y'all sin y'all sinned against me y'all took something a cursed thing out of jericho joshua was like all right bet she goes they started to do this thing called casting lots right so they kept casting lots until so it went to the tribe like it to all the tribes. Okay, they broke down to the tribe. Now okay, they cast lot to all the like clans of the tribe. And they cast it cast a lot to the- all the families in the tribe. And it got to where this one man took some stuff. He took some silver, he buried it. Because of that one man and his I don't know he I don't know what his daddy told him that he was living in scarcity. I don't know why. He's the only one out of thousands, it was like what 4,000, 40,000, I forget how many, it was 4,000, 40,000, I gotta go back. It's it's four something, okay? Thousands of men who went to fight. This one man is the only one to take something out, which he was not supposed to. It is accursed now, right? Meaning it can get you killed. And that is what happened. He and his family were all killed. Because of his foolish mistake, now when they go to go back to fight AI, they win because nobody has a curse on them anymore. Very important fact. Now, let's go back. We're gonna break down these obstacles because I I just don't know if you caught all of that in the story. First and foremost, the obstacle of the other people's limiting beliefs over what we already promised to you. So. I'm really big about not, people have taught me, I can't share everything all the time. I can't share my goals and hopes and dreams all the time, because you think you should be able to, especially the people close to you. But when those people can't see outside of their little finite looking glass, their little binoculars, they have this tunnel vision, and they'll see there's a whole wide world out here, they will crap all over your dreams. And belittle you in your dreams and make them seem small as if but you know your dream is the size of a freaking country and they're trying to make your dream the size of a peanut or in joshua's case size of a grasshopper so joshua already had to deal with the fact that these people didn't even have enough faith in god faith in themselves If God just telling you you're his special people, you're, you know, I set you apart. I'm going to go tear down an entire country to get you out. Tear down an entire country. An entire country. He destroyed the entire country and killed all the firstborn children in Egypt and animals. Not all the firstborn kids, all the firstborn children, adult children, all the firstborn. You could very well have been at first. But Brittany is a firstborn. If I was back then, I would have died. Okay? He just did all of that for you. And then now here it is. You're up to where, okay, now, not only did I do that, you did nothing, right? You did nothing. You didn't have to do anything other than put the blood across your doors. Like I asked y'all to, to make sure that the death angel didn't come to you. That's all you had to do. And I did everything else. So now it's time for them to go get their land and they're afraid. Like, did you not just see what happened there? Y'all the same people who walked across the Red Sea, the same folks. How? How do you have no faith? And you see the things. We're sitting here reading the stories and people have faith, but these people seeing it with their eyes, And had no faith in God that God will empower them to do whatever it is he's calling them to do. As long as they moved forward over the obstacle of killing the giant. Who said it was going to be hard to kill those giants? Look at David. Who said that you was going to be the one to kill the giant? Look at David. He threw a stone with a slingshot and killed a giant mind you another giant arose again later too. In fact, this whole like this whole next section like when they go to conquer their land, they're still them giants are still there. And guess what, my favorite one of my favorite parts, like I'm just going to have to pause is when Caleb, remember Caleb was the other one who was ready to go for it. Caleb's like, "All right, Joshua, go ahead and give me my land that uh, was promised to me." Joshua's like, "All right, you sure? You need help?" "Oh no, 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 no." I want my my land, my land up there. I know there's giant's up there. Are we going to get them? I'm going to take my land. And Caleb did. Caleb was 80 years old. Went and beat down some giants. He told y'all, I got this back 40 years ago. When he was a young man. If Caleb was ready to be out there like then 40 years ago, 40 plus years ago. To this day, Caleb has been waiting to get a giant. Okay. He was waiting to get them giants, but I mean, anywho. So that was the obstacle. Those people's limiting beliefs shut down a whole generation of people of living inside of a blessing. A whole generation. Then he, Moses died. Moses died and Joshua probably thought that they were going to share in the inheritance together. He probably thought and you know, would go into his mind like, you know what? This is how, you know, God's been doing this. You know, I'm pretty sure he projected and thought and planned and hoped and wished and prayed of all this stuff going on. But then when it came to pass that Moses wasn't going to be able to go. It's like, okay. But then when he actually passed away, that, that hit Joshua. Just like it would hit you or me when somebody you care about passed away. That was Joshua's spiritual parent. That was his mentor. Joshua had been with him for years, side by side. For years, you grow accustomed to a person's presence. You grow accustomed to a person's like uh, the things they say to boost you up, the things that you, that you do to help them and things that they do to help you. That's your family, you know? And so you're telling me that he died, and then not soon after that, now you got to get up and lead these this whole group of people who, you know, you might blame for his death. Because they pissed off Moses, you know, Moses had a, you know, he gets, he's a get pissed off. He pissed off Moses where Moses didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't follow an instruction. And God's like, I'm not going to keep doing this with you. You're not going to get, you're not going to be able to go. I already told you about this anger thing. Like, just no, we're not doing it no more. Now the consequences that you don't get to go into the Promised Land. That's wild. So Joshua's grieving, and then we, as people, do this thing where, like you know, a person's grieving, right? So they lost a family member, a parent, a close relative, friend, a child, whatever. And over time, you forget about it. Like you're you're healed from your secondhand grief. You know what I mean? Like, you're sad for a person, you're healed from it, but guess what? That person's still dealing with the grief. So Joshua, if, if I'm a human and he's a human, Joshua, when he went to go fight these people in Jericho, was still grieving the loss of Moses, technically. Right. I think it would I think it scientifically or psychologically it's like a year for like the healthy grief process. Is gonna take a whole year to get all the way to the acceptance or whatever I wanna say that's what it is. And then some people who aren't in the healthy mindset is much longer. Right? So Joshua's dealing with the obstacle of grief. So much so that God keeps telling him to be strong and courageous. God himself, as God is speaking to him. He's telling him, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And the people are going to listen to you just like they listened to Moses because I'm with you just like I was with Moses. So be strong and be in good courage. Be strong and be of good courage. God wasn't just saying that. God don't have empty words. You know, as humans, people have empty words. God does not have empty words. And the fact that he made a point to put it into this this Bible here, we need to understand that God seen his grief and God himself was like, I know, but I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. You're leading my special children. You're leading my special nation. I care a lot about not just you, but all of you and all of you have to make it into the promised land. All of you have to get to what I promise your forefathers abraham abraham for hundreds of years before this hundreds of years before this all right? i promise him i'm a, i'm going to bless your seed and i'm gonna give them to give them this land i'm showing you right this is on a hundred year promise hundreds of years multi multi-century promise jo- joshua i gotta get you to be strong okay I have to be able to follow through on my word. It took y'all a long time to get here. That wasn't by me. But now that you're you're here, you're on a precipice. You're right here on the edge of your breakthrough. I need you to be strong. I need you to be strong, Joshua. So for those of you out there still sitting in grief, guess what? You have to be strong. I said it. And I know. I know. I know it sucks. I know it sucks that they're gone. I know it sucks that you wish you could have or should have or what we would be doing right now if they were still here is going on. I understand. I understand from my aspect of those who I've lost. Okay? But at the same time, you need to be strong. Because what's about to happen next Is not just for you It's for everyone atta- who's attached to you And that's a lot of people And we've, we we gra- we grossly underestimate The amount of people that we affect Grossly There are generations Upon generations that we affect With our decisions There are Lives Even now Not the ones in the future But the lives even now That you don't know You are affecting these lives Thousands of them You're affecting them You have to be strong and courageous Because you were made to be There's a promise for you If you move past these obstacles There's a promise That you're supposed to get to That's only for you That is yours It's already yours It's done It's a done deal It's yours You just gotta get to it you started moving, all right? You started, you started going in a direction. Now you're up against the obstacle because whoever told you it was just going to be a straight, clear path? It's not. <laughs> just in case you weren't clear on that. It's not a straight, clear path. So that means you're going to have to go over something. You're going to have to go around something. You're going to have to go through something. Okay? you have to go under something. You don't know. No one's downplaying your grief. No one's downplaying the importance of whatever you've lost, because grief isn't just people, right? You grieve sometimes, or I'm sorry, grief isn't just the death of someone. You can grieve a relationship that ended. You can grieve a job that was lost. You can grieve the fact that you lost your home in a fire, or just lost your home through foreclosure, or you know you got into a car accident. Now you can grieve the loss of your vehicle, because now. A lot of stuff has to change. And it's okay. Grief is in a lot of different forms. And you still have to be strong and courageous and make it through it all. Now, as you're going through that obstacle, you got to cross over some waters. That means you got to have the faith enough to actually step into the water to see if the water is even going to push itself back. Like, you you heard of a story where your great-grandma said that God split open the red Sea, But guess what? You've been walking around the wilderness for, you know, a long time, most of your life. You never really see God uh, splitting on water? You've never seen it. So when you get to see it, like, the, okay, so let me, if I just put my foot right here, the water pushes back. You sure? Because every time I've ever stepped in water, my foot gets wet. My sandal is wet. Okay? Now, this time these people stepped in the water and got pushed back. Okay, so we're over that obstacle. Then he has to go through a physical obstacle. So there's that faith obstacle. So you have the grief. You got the faith. Now, someone else's beliefs, right? We'll start there. Grief. Faith. Which comes back around again, by the way. the faith, That faith obstacle of believing God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Then they had to get circumcised as grown men. Okay, that's... I've heard, because I'm not a man, that, that it's very difficult for them to heal from that. All right. Or it takes some time. So now they have to wait to heal physically from an injury. Self-inflicted, but important injury. They have to now heal from it. Joshua's of the life, and he has the courage and strength now. Mind you, he said, be strong and courageous. All right after that. He gets up, he see a man with a sword drawn. He's like, ah 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 Who you for? You for us or you for them? He had no problems running up on that man. <laughs> he said, I just went through losing somebody. I already had to deal with these people. I had to walk around the wilderness for 40 more years. I then lost my, my, my spiritual father. We had to go through... All this stuff, and now I'm here, and I got to, you know, hurting myself, and now I'm here, and you think you're gonna walk up on me with a sword, sir? Who are you? Who are you, and who are you for? He said this like w- 10 toes down, did not bow to the angel lord. said who he was. Oh, okay, oh Lord, Lord, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. He didn't have Jesus yet, but you know, we do. Thank you, Lord. What do you need me to do? Well, first, for my son, I just need you to take your sandals off because this is holy ground. So, after he well, he was going up to another out school to find out what he's doing now is replicating what Moses did. That same angel talked to Moses in a burning bush. It told him the same thing. Hey, this is holy ground. Take off your sandals. So he does so. He talks to the angel of the Lord. I find interesting. They don't tell you what they talk about. Who knows? Maybe the angel of the Lord gives him all the strategy that he needs for the rest of his life. Because from there, Joshua was not about no foolery. Okay? He already wasn't about no foolery. But he for real, after he seen that, it was the done deal. Oh, okay. Let me not get there. You know what? I can go ahead and say it. So much so he made the sun stand still. Joshua. Who yeah, the same dude who was marching around the wall of Jericho, uh, Moses's right hand man, talk to the angel of the Lord. Now chapters in, you can make the sun stand still during the battle because you would not gonna lose no battle today. Oh. I need y'all to have the strength to make the sun stand still. we'll we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that. But anyway, so After he did that, now it's the obstacle of faith. Okay, not just his, he has to, as the leader, show the people, this is what we're going to do, and I need you to follow my instructions. Because if they didn't follow Joshua's instructions, what if somebody started laughing or something? You know, somebody told a joke, somebody whispering, um, you know, their doubts or whatever as they're marching around this wall and the the noise was made who knows what would happen we don't know thank the lord but all i know is joshua had to say okay god said i gotta walk around this we have to walk around this city which is who knows how many miles we gotta walk around this city for a week the first six days are doing it once y'all gotta carry the ark of the covenant i need y'all also to have some trumpets And all you people who's ready to fight, you have just to walk. We don't know if these people are going to jump out the city right now and try to fight us on the fourth day because they just get so scared to try to come out and get us. We don't know what's going to happen. We just have to follow the instructions. So on the seventh day, though, as we did it one time, we got to walk around it seven times. Seven times we walk around the city. And on the seventh time, that's when we speak. But guess what? Joshua didn't tell them anything. He said, we're going to walk around. Y'all don't, y'all don't say a word until I tell you to say a word. On the seventh time when Joshua's was like, all right, y'all, shout because the Lord has giving you this city. That's when everybody got lit. And they shouted. And they praised. And they uh, had their war cry. And they did whatever they needed to do to raise their voice. And the walls... impenetrable walls of a city fell flat they fell down okay and then the obstacle this the think about how menacing uh, a shut up tight building fortified building you walk around it and then the, the seventh time you walk around it on the seventh day the the walls just come down like you walk around is hoping that, okay, I don't, I know I feel crazy because you can't tell me that you're not feeling crazy while you're walking around the wall of a building that you're supposed to be capturing. You know, you feel a little bit crazy, but you do it anyway. Joshua, Joshua did that. Okay. And not just Joshua, all the people, they listen Except for your boy, I can't remember his name, the man who stole the stuff. But it's important to know that faith is also an obstacle. Faith is a gift, right? There's a gift of faith. Faith is a gift. Everybody just doesn't have faith. And you can grow your faith. Faith is something that moves and can be strengthened. But when your faith is an obstacle, you're in a dangerous place. You're in a scary place. You, if you don't have any faith, if you can't believe even in yourself, even in what God said he would do. It, you know me. people live there every day without faith in general? I don't even know how they're alive. Seriously. Like, I, there's people who don't have faith in nothing and no one like they they just are there I don't understand life like that and not no I don't I don't I understand when something happens like you're you're in the middle of a, a grief or you're in the middle of something right but though I'm not talking about those people who are experiencing a trauma I'm talking about the people who have experienced so much trauma or so much setbacks or whatever, The now they're just so numb and life is just is like, there's nothing that happened to them today, yesterday, even this whole year, nothing happened, but they still have no faith. I don't understand that, that life that's very scary to live in. And they, the people have no faith. They have no hope in anything. They know it just is what it is. There's no hope for, there's no hope in, there's no hope to, there's just no hope. I I try to encourage those people. Yeah, those people freak me out, bro. Like <laughs> I'm always going to try to encourage somebody, but that freaks me out. Like, how do you, I just, cause my mind, my brain can't, it doesn't, I don't understand the concept of how you get there. I'm sorry. I can see how you can get there. I don't understand how you stay there. I don't understand how you stay in a place where there is no hope or no faith. You're just living. Like, what are you living for? Like, do you think something's going to happen in the end? I just don't. I can't. My brain doesn't do it. It just, it doesn't do it at all. But there's people living like that every day. I understand there's like ups and downs of faith and what you believe in and something can happen to you or something can be taken from you that distills your faith altogether. I've had that happen. Still your faith. It completely is gone. And you know what? What do you do? Like what if what you're trying to stand against or what's trying to stand against you isn't a physical person? What do you do? Like Joshua is trying to go against people. He's also going against an idea. He's also going against spirits. And for like an updated reference it's like okay so there's a person who who wants to fight you or a person who uh is talking stuff about you and trying to get you fired from your job that's a that's an adversary that you can physically see but what about the adversaries that you cannot i'm talking like depression that is an adversary sickness is an adversary any type of illness um just mental torment, mental health issues, mental illnesses. Those are adversaries that you can't see. Those are obstacles that you, you have to fight an obstacle that you can't see. How do you do that? You do that through faith. Depression is not something that you have to stay in. I think I've talked about this before. Depression is a spirit, and depression comes to you, and depression talks to you, depression stresses you out. Anxiety, all of that stuff. Like, some of the stuff I tried to explain to a young man was before. Some of the stuff is not even your thoughts. It's not yours. It don't belong to you. You didn't even make up the thought. Where it come from? Where did it come from? You were minding your business? And then all of a sudden, it's... <laughs> The depression looks like this. You're minding your business, having a regular normal day. All of a sudden this thing gets planted in your mind. Like it's like someone shoots a blow dart. (sniffs) This boop in your mind. It's this random thought of no the most awful thing imaginable happening in your life. Okay. So then what happens when you like, oh my god, what if, you know, such and such dies? And then you but it's like that's like the dart is the beginning of a tornado right it's like a funnel cloud and who after the one thought gets there you yourself provide the rest of the crosswinds which are the rest of the thoughts that connect the funnel to the ground and makes a tornado and you're spinning around and around and around on these thoughts and scenarios, uh, you're a horrible person eventually. Uh, everybody around you is horrible. You have no help. Everybody sucks. You suck. Um, all these people going to die. You're going to die. Um, and when you die, all these people are going to die. Is anybody going to care? What's going to happen to X, Y, Z thing or person? Oh, no. What about this? You know, it's okay because I'm going to be dead. And it's like it's a whole tornado of foolishness that came from one thought that didn't belong to you. How do you fight that? I always teach people, like, you fight stuff like that with the truth. A, you have uh, thoughts that don't belong to you. that show up in your head. You have to debunk them quickly. Quickly. You have to, A, if you feel it coming on, divert yourself. If you're in it, it's a lie. You suck is a lie. If somebody dies one day or somebody dies today, they're not dying today. The people you think I, I, I'm <laughs> you like everybody dies everybody does die but when this's doing that those pe- they're not dying today they those people are not dying today so what happens now is you gotta figure out that's a lie me losing my job is a lie why because I'm never getting in trouble for my job I do my job I have to work on time I do the best that I can I have integrity and I go home why would you lose your job? Right, then it's okay. I'm a terrible person. Are you a terrible person? Probably not. So then you gotta start debunking and saying why you're not a terrible person. Oh, everybody hates me. Does everybody hate you? It's probably a lie as well. Who doesn't hate you? (laughs) Who thinks you're okay? Who actually loves you? Oh, these people never back you up. Do they never back you up, or they just don't back you up? This one time. And so now the whole world's come to an end. So let's talk about the times they have backed you up. So you got to go through that obstacle that happens in your mind. For those of us who are dealing with something mild. Now a chemical imbalance and being paranoid. I feel like also has a lot to do with um, overcoming your obstacle by telling the truth from a lie. But that's that, now we're getting into a more deeper situation and i feel like that's also a more spiritual situation because you're dealing with a different type of of demon that one's in you where i feel like depression sits next to you and talks to you if randomly if you just really want because this where do you get the thoughts from okay where do they come from they're not coming from you you did not create that thought where did it come from like i used to like to break down there where did they originate and so i would break mine off of going all the way back why, okay, now that I'm outside of, you know, feeling like I'm dying and every, everything's coming to an end, how did I even get here? Well, I was thinking about this. No, okay, so we'll how about that? It all started because there was no more chicken nuggets in the refrigerator. Or there was no sauce to go through the chicken nuggets. What? Or is it all started back to, you know what, I did, somebody blew at me at the green light After I sat there for only a second. that sent me down a whole rabbit hole. It'd be the most random stupid things that trigger you going into whatever rabbit hole. Depression is one, anxiety and stress is another. Like stress is a real thing. Anxiety though. Being in, like you make up scenarios of how everything is going to be horrible. You can't live your life like that. That just makes my chest hurt thinking about it. can't live your life like that. That's an obstacle that you cannot see. Or, adversary, you cannot see, but you have to be able to get over the obstacle the same way Joshua did, which is by being strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, recapping one more time Joshua had to start with the people and their limited beliefs, had to jump over the obstacle to keep moving. Then he had to get over the obstacle or deal with the obstacle of grief. Then he had to keep moving, he had to deal with the obstacle of faith had to keep moving. They had to deal with the obstacle of physical issues or injuries. They had to keep moving. They had to deal with something that was fortified inside of a wall that was belonged to him. He had to break down this symbol of idolatry and backwardsness and foolishness because they, they destroyed Jericho. They, they beat Jericho and didn't leave nobody alive. They wasn't Taking it to take over, they were taking it to destroy what it stood for. You have foolishness walled up inside of itself. You have everything that stands opposite to God walled up and protected by this this impenetrable wall that people got to live in. No, they broke it down and killed everyone inside. No one left alive. Not an animal. Nothing. We didn't sacrifice any of these animals. None of that. All that dies. Because it's all filthy. It's all tainted. Okay, it's all dirty at this point. We break down that whole wall just to prove a point. That God is with us. And if you're about that foolishness, I'm going to take you down too. Now, Rahab. Be Imagine being Rahab. The person inside of the foolishness, knowing you're inside of foolishness, you've lived a life of foolishness for a while. She was a harlot, as they repeated in the Bible. You lived a life of foolishness for a while, but then you see that, no, wait a minute. There is another way to do this, and these people are about to win, and I'm going to be the, on the side of the winners, okay? And not just that, I'm going to bring my whole family with me. I'm going to win, and all my people are going to come too. And that's what she did. And, for those of you don't know, Rahab was in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab, who was outside the Israelites' bloodline. Also, another woman down the line named Ruth. Okay? And then, through all of that, Jesus comes out of those, that bloodline. And the bloodline leads to Joseph, the dad. Okay? So, the one who helped raise Jesus. Not his actual father, which is God. Right, but Rahab said, I I understand, I I understand where I live, I understand what's going on. I see, I have the foresight to see that there is a God in heaven and He is coming for what is His. So, I could either choose to be taken out or I could choose to submit myself under the authority of Jesus Christ, which He did. And she got her whole family out. Like that right there, that's a whole word story bar in itself. She got her whole family out. People be, people try to get their whole family out. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this, my, all my people gonna eat. They're gonna do all that stuff. But what are you doing really to help them? That girl said, listen, these people, the God in heaven. Cause she's like, I, I know there's a God in heaven. I know that he, um he's with y'all, right? I want to be with y'all, too, because I want to be with that guy, that guy who never loses, the guy who always wins, the guy who always what he says comes to pass, who never lies. He's not a man. He don't lie. He's not a son of man. He doesn't repent. I want to be on that team. So, Dad, this is what's going to happen. You can either sit here and die with these people and go to hell, or you're going to sit here and get your life right with me because we're going to win. And then brothers, and then sisters, and then their spouses, and then my nieces and my nephews. Everybody, y'all want to live. Come with me if you want to live. And they did. And Rahab and all her people got out of there. And then Rahab ends up getting with one of the Israelites. I think he was from the tribe of Judah. Yeah, he was. So I think he was from the tribe of Judah, right? Guess what that meant? They have children. And lo and behold, it all walks itself down to Jesus because of that woman' the decision to be on the winning side. That the harlot no longer is the harlot. She's just the woman who comes out the house. The harlot, the, the one that everybody laughed at, the one they don't even really fool with her that much because she's out here, you know, doing what harlots do. So we don't really talk to her like that, but she's the one who saved the whole family. Some are so that they continue, like they continue on. They're all the obstacles, all the stuff, all the other giants, all the other battles, all the other people. Joshua's story is wild. Like they go and they get and they divide up, listening to Joshua and how they have to divide up all the land. And then some of the people later on you find out don't even get all they land. It's about what you believe you can do and what you believe in and what obstacles you know you can take when you move forward. I had a back and forth argument with this kid. Now I wasn't even arguing. I was just letting him know the truth because he couldn't he couldn't understand and fathom the fact that I know I can't lose. I can't lose. it's like, you never failed before. No. What do you mean? I don't see them as failures anymore. Anything that I set my mind to do that didn't work out exactly how I wanted it to is not a failure. I learned. To not do something. Or learn to do something. So I win. He's like what? He, could, he just couldn't understand it. And I thought it was funny. Because I'm like if you're going to do this with me. You're going to get pissed off talking to me. He was like wait. I'm like you're going to get pissed off talking to me. Because I'm not. I don't lose. Like 20 years ago. I probably would say I lost. I probably like, So you never failed a test? Yes I have failed a test. That's failing. No it's not. <laughs> Most of those tests, I knew I wasn't going to pass. Any test I failed, more than likely, I knew I wasn't going to pass it because I didn't put in an effort to pass it. Okay? Come on now. We know that. That's all of us. But what tickled me the most is like he not understand. I I said, we're in two different points of our lives. I'm fully understanding who backs me up now. I I know who's with me. He was like, who's that? I was like, the Lord of hosts. The, The... the most high guy backs me up. He's just looking at me like, I, I understand. I get it. You don't, you know, maybe subscribe to it. Maybe you don't. I'm just telling you, I don't lose. You can't, cannot compare your situation to mine. I'm not trying you like you are. You're trying to compare your mindset to mine. I'm trying to tell you something's wrong with your mindset. And so I'm trying to help you grow. Your mindset is the problem. It's not your abilities. It's your mindset because that, in the end of the day, creates your environment. People have to understand your mindset creates your environment your mind creates the invisible obstacles that you're potentially trying to jump over a hurdle but then you yourself put another hurdle there you put another hurdle there okay when you you say you want one thing you want a job you want a specific kind of job because now you have a degree woohoo right you have a degree you know, worked hard. You went to school, and now you try to get you a job. Well, these people aren't hiring. In fact, these people who promised me a job keep pushing it back and pushing it back. Maybe that's not the place for you. But they have everything I want. Don't put every all your eggs in one basket. Well, they ha- this is one job that has everything that I want. Who, okay, there's only one company in the world that has everything you want. Well, no, I'm like exactly. You don't put one egg. You don't put one, all your eggs in one basket. You keep. Putting yourself around. And I keep trying to explain to him, like, you're the prize. He's like, well, I I need to have credibility. Like, you're already credible. Well, that's not really true. That's a confidence thing. Like, you should have confidence. Like, it's being cocky. It's not being cocky. He's like, you knew you could do your job uh, before you did it? Yes. How? You didn't know everything about your job. I said, I know what my skills are. I said, my skill isn't this job. My skill is my ability to learn something quickly, apply it, and then make those things efficient. Therefore, make my job easier. That's the skill I have. I can go to any industry and do anything because my ability and my skill is how fast I learn. Well, no, that's not really. It's just how you learn. No, it's a skill. Because applying, having information isn't the prize. It's applying the information that's the prize. And it's applying the information effectively and then applying it efficiently. Is The prize, and he was just looking at me, and I was like, It's the truth, (laughs) that's why I don't lose because as I'm learning and applying, I'm something may not go as I thought, but it's not, I'm not failing because of it. Now I know, okay, do it that way, I have to do it this way, and then when you do that, boom, you win. I win, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. That's all I know that's that's uh, this is why joshua is one of my favorite stories i know i feel like i say that about all of them but it's true this is from 2009 was it 2009 yeah 2009 i was just like in mental turmoil i was in i was dealing with invisible obstacles they were all in my head i was dealing with a plethora okay not not one or two i was dealing with a plethora of invisible obstacles. Obstacles that were not people. And then some that were. But obstacles that were not people mostly. Okay, I could not sleep. Like, could not sleep. Not like a little bit of insomnia, like I couldn't sleep at night. I could only sleep when the day broke. And then guess what? Now I gotta go to work. Um I think I probably was in some form of depression. I know for sure I was in a very strong form of anxiety um, I had a lot of spiritual turmoil because that's I think I talked about that in one of these episodes I was delivered from uh demotic possession like the year before or months before that so I'm still dealing with the fact that something I didn't believe was real was not only real but I was dealing with it and it came up out of me so you know just the existential crisis I was going through was an invisible obstacle, and I had to read this Bible that kept saying, I'm like, okay, the only thing I know that's going to protect me is God. But now I'm sitting here by myself in this apartment, waiting on these two roommates of mine to come and to find out later they couldn't stand each other. That also bothered me. Because I think we all should get along at that time in my life. I didn't understand why if I'm your friend and I'm your friend, why can't y'all be friends? I didn't understand the concept of why people didn't like each other because I see to get at everybody. So whatever. So anyways, I'm sitting here just stressed, not sleeping, almost dying every night coming home because I'm sleepy now and I'm driving. And I drive far from this little $8.50 an hour job. I'm driving across cities to get to this job and falling asleep at the wheel. Okay. Very stressful. Okay. Cause I'm trying not to die in every way. Okay. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally trying to just stay alive. Okay. Just trying to stay alive. That's all I was trying to do. I don't know what's on the other side. I just know that if I can just stay alive, I'm going to make it. Okay. If I could just. Get to the other side of this. I'm gonna make it, and so I'm doing this. I'm supposed to read the Bible, so let's start reading the Bible. And then I come across Joshua, and I could not. There's two scriptures that kept me alive. It was this one here? Joshua, he kept saying being strong and courageous. Because I'm with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy one six, that's the one that say with me that. And then Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, through like thirteen. Those kept me alive. I know the thoughts I think towards you say the Lord. And they are good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. Okay? That right there. I have a future. That kept me alive. I will not die where I'm at. Mentally. Physically. like I literally physically feel like I'm just going to die. I'm just going to have a heart attack or something. Like seriously. like I was stressed out, y'all. Stressed out. I, was like, I know I'm not going to die where I'm at. I know I'm not. Because... Jeremiah 29 says I have a hope in a future and the plans are good. It I don't know the hope in the future part got me. That's what that part right there like I, there's a future for me. I have a future. I'm going to make it then. I've decided. I'm going to be strong and courageous because there is a hope in the future for me and the plans are good and not evil. If I don't and honestly from that that time 2009 that literally is, I don't remember nothing else that I read in the Bible I only remember those I did read the entire Bible too I only remember those scriptures 2009 if I think about the scriptures that I could possibly remember I, I cannot tell you nothing else other than those two y'all that's the only thing I hang on, hung on to we said be strong and courageous I did that I was strong and courageous I made it through it. I I I debunked and broke. Mind you, I didn't know at the time that's what I was doing. was getting over all these mental issues because everything kind of like hit the fan for me. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't know how I got here. I just know that I should I'm supposed to be living some kind of life because I still know and deep down in my heart, there are people connected to me not dying. Because if I die, who's going to save them? If I collapse here, who is going to get them to their promised land? I might not have said the words promised land, but I really kept going over and over my head. Like, I can't give up because I'm supposed to be for this certain group of people. And the certain group of people, who's going to save them if I'm not there to save them? Who's going? They're not going to listen to somebody else like they're going to listen to me. They're not going to... Understand it the way I'm gonna say if I'm I'm going to say it to them, I, the way I say it is on the only way they really gonna understand I have to do I have to make it It's not even for myself anymore. I have to make it for them. I don't even know who to the them I still can't tell you who all the them is. Okay To this day, I don't know who all them is. I don't know who they are But I know I still have to get to where I'm supposed to I have to overcome every obstacle I have to continue to move past my obstacles I was just sick. I just had uh just I'm still finishing off my antibiotics. There was an obstacle that decided to randomly attack me. Okay? Because I don't get sick. For real. Like not people like, Oh, I never I really don't get sick. The first time I got sick in years was when I had COVID when they came around. Okay? Then uh I can't remember the next time I get six, but then I randomly, I feel like for the first time in my adult life, like since I can remember, I had strep throat last year. And I said, what in the world is this heinous crime that's attacking my tonsils? Like it was horrible. Okay. Horrible. Adults shouldn't get that. I also feel like I'm too, I don't think adults should have fevers. It's a whole thing. I feel like I'm too old to have a fever. So it's like, what in the world? What in the world? That, that, I don't believe in illnesses. I feel like it's an attack, okay? Because I don't get sick. If I live most of my life without medication, the only thing that will ever bother me is like seasonal allergies, which I don't really deal with that anymore either. So how dare you, little virus, or this time it was bacteria because antibiotics that was working. How dare you, bacteria, try to come and attack me and my tonsils, Have you lost your mind? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're dealing with? You're not an obstacle. You are just an inconvenience. Because you're going to die. You're not going to win any battle with me. Why? Because I don't lose. Why don't I lose? Because I have the Lord of hosts backing me up. Therefore, you attack me. That means you're waging war against God. And God don't like his children to be played with. Okay. He don't, he don't deal with that. He don't play with me. He don't play about me. So that lasted only for a short time. That started, with last Wednesday? I want to tell you, when I, I got the concept of pleading the blood of Jesus, like thoroughly hearing the voice of God doing what he told me to do, the pain, like I didn't have pain. That pain lasted for 24 hours, and then it was gone. Like phenomenally. Like I didn't... I, when I had strep throat It took a long time For that pain to go away Like it took almost a whole week For the pain in my throat to go away And I could swallow food correctly This time it took 24 hours Less than that technically Because it started to hurt I actually called a doctor prescribed medication Okay cool I'll go get the medication But at the same time I know I'm doing the prayer And I'm saying what God told me to say And I'm I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do I mean, my garlic. Cause, you know, I don't, I don't like medicine. I mean, garlic. I'm drinking teas. I'm doing all the stuff. But what I know is that the blood of Jesus healed me, right? Cause he took all infirmities onto himself. Y'all, you know, that obstacle had no had no chance. <laughs> you ever watch people run like a hundred a hundred meter hurdles or like two hundred hurdles, and how it's like it's like effortless for them to jump over those hurdles? That's the energy I am on. Nobody said that when I run the race, it was going to be a hurdle. It's just don't bother me. You got to run full speed at the hurdle. You don't stop at the hurdle and try to walk over it. You're full speed running. You don't stop. You run full speed at the hurdle. You don't stop. You just glide over it. They glide. I need somebody to take a moment. Like Google. Uh, 100 meter hurdles and watch these people glide effortlessly you don't, I don't feel like their facial expressions don't change effortless effortlessly i just explained to my seven year old today who usain bolt is and what running track is and so we watched videos and he was like just fascinated because running is his favorite pastime okay <laughs> i said you know running is an actual sport I said, you can train for this. Like there's, they have special shoes and inside those shoes are spikes. And so it's all this. Stuff. I'm trying to explain all of that. He's like, yeah, but he's running faster than everybody else. Cause look how his legs are going. Like exactly, there's a form to it and everything. And so you can learn how to do this. It don't just happen. You can learn how to do this. So I'm teaching my child how to go to the Olympics. Just FYI, but full speed ahead. Y'all any, no matter if your obstacle is physical, if it is invisible, if it is mental, if it is emotional, if it is spiritual, pl- visualize it on a track. separated by space, because space and time is going to separate the obstacles, right? But you, you are a gold medalist, because you are a child of the Most High God. You went gold, okay? You on the podium, you on the top, honey, Okay? I'm not talking about silver or bronze. You are gold. All right. Because when you get tried by fire, you come out. What? Pure as gold. Okay. So you visualize the hurdles. They're separated by time and space. And you hear the boom. The gun go off. and You run. You do not walk. You do not jog. You do not saunter. You run. Because life is a race. And you run. Because this whole point, especially this year, this year, then it's Olympic year. we i for oh my goodness, I just got myself excited. And it's an Olympic year, you run. Run, because it's a leap year too. Oh, oh, hold on now. It's a leap year, you run. You run, and as soon as that hurdle comes up, you look forward. You pick up one leg and you bring the other one over. And then you next, guess what? And you do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. And do it again. And then guess what? You have already won the race. You look behind you. And all those hurdles you jumped over. Effortless. Because you kept your eyes where they're supposed to be. Not behind you. You kept them in front of you. And you keep moving. You do not stop moving. You never stop moving. And you don't slow down. You slow down. That's how you fall. You ever watch somebody fall doing the hurdles? I believe they fall doing the hurdles because they weren't focused on the right spot. You didn't, And they didn't do the right form. All this stuff is taught. It's methodical. It's always the same thing. It means that you're running the race and as you're doing what you're supposed to do, it's always the same movement. And the only time you fall is when you're not doing the movements correctly. When you're not doing the movements correctly, you fall. When you're not doing the movements correctly, you trip. When you don't have your eyes in the right spot, you fall. What are where where's where your eyes supposed to be? Towards the hills where where come your help, right? If you focus on the kingdom of God, all the things are added on to you. When you're doing the right movements, which is living your life right, righteously, holy holy, all that stuff, right? When you make a mistake, part of the movement is repentance. It's really simple. I taught y'all that last time. Life is simple. These are the simple steps. Believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All right. I feel like you're already here if you listen to all of this. right? You may or may not do everything right all the time, but there's repentance and there is mercy of God, which we try. Our, you don't continuously do crap and then Ask her forgiveness to go back to the same crack and then keep doing it over and over and over again. That's that's abusing the mercy of God. He's not going to deal with that. So please get your heart right in the right spot. Make sure your motives are correct. Right. And you just keep your eyes on God no matter what the obstacle is in front of you. No matter what it is. Well, no matter what the hurdle is, it might look taller than the other hurdles. It's not. Because you're a child of the most high God, no matter what, by the time you get to that hurdle, it's gonna be chomped down to size. You gotta have that faith. You gotta have that your your heart in the right place. Be strong and courageous. That that has to fortify you. That has to fortify you. Be strong and courageous. Hold on to God. Keep your eyes up. He's not going to leave you. He will not forsake you. He has given you, Jesus came down, died, rose again for you. And when I conclude this series, trust me, we're going to talk about my the next part that's very important to me. That's like people have to start understanding and that people have to start putting into the equation when they talk about Jesus. Because the Jesus of Revelation is also Jesus. He's not just a baby. He's not just telling you parables. He's not just dying on a cross. He's also coming back. Maybe when he comes back. Keep your eyes up. Don't look down. Keep your head up. No matter what the obstacle is. Even if it feels like it's going to take you out. It won't. Not when you keep your eyes where they're supposed to be. It will not. You put your hope in the Lord. If you, God, is he will keep everything that you commit to him, right? He'll keep out. He perfects everything that concerns you. If he perfects everything that concerns you, that means the stuff that upsets you too, it concerns you. Your obstacles concern you. He perfects them for your benefit. All things do truly work together for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All of that's true. Even for you. Even for me. But most importantly, don't do like my mans and take anything, any accursed thing out of what God told you not to do. If he tell you not to do it, do not do it. Trust me, just save yourself the time and the deliverance and the headaches and the consequences because we reap what we sow. Okay. We always reap what we sow. That's a principle that will never die. While I do feel like I just prayed a a bunch of scriptures over you, I do want to leave you with this. God is not a man that he will lie, nor a son of man that he will repent. He will not go back on his word. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I know the thoughts I think towards you," says the Lord, "and they are good, not of evil. They give you a hope in the future and an expected end. I want to thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of Be Well with B. If this episode resonated with you, please subscribe, comment, rate, and review the podcast. Your feedback will mean the world to me. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at be underscore with B. Until next time. I appreciate you for spending time with me on this journey to complete wellness. See you in the next episode.